We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. <laughs> this is a house of learning doctors. Follow The Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to The Uncontested. What is up? Welcome to The Uncontested Podcast. We are live post-NBA Draft Lottery, hanging out on the Spotify Green Room app, formerly known as Locker Room. I am your host for the evening, Jacob Miffin. Along with me, I have Kamiar Moravian, who's driving in his car. Yeah, if you can't tell, I'm on the highway. But, you know, I'm, I'm feeling fine. I feel like I'm feeling way more fine than everybody else because I like Scotty Barnes, and I also like Jonathan Kaminga, so I'm fine. We also have Justin Peabody along for the ride tonight. Hello, everybody. Um, uh, unfortunately, Nick Crane unable to join as he is out of town. And everyone's favorite uncontested member, Taylor Peterson, is currently in Cancun. My man said one, two, three, Cancun after the Thunder <laughs> did not win the NBA draft lottery. So, guys, let's just jump straight into it. The Thunder... In the NBA draft lottery tonight, land pick number six. Uh, they do not get the Houston Rockets pick. So the Thunder will be picking, as of right now, six, 16, and 18 in the first round of the 2021 NBA draft. This was the most likely of all of the outcomes for the Thunder. However, the Thunder did have a 75% chance to land at least one top five pick. Unfortunately, they do not get uh, – do not get one. Um, they land just outside the top five at number six. So before we start diving into trades and and who the Thunder might pick if they stay at six and yada, 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 Justin, tell me just feelings when 7.30 hit watching the draft show and then whenever <laughs> the envelopes get up there, what's going through your mind and then overall just, just your reaction. Uh, well, feelings at 7.30 was um, lots of anxiety, 
my wife actually commented to me. She was like, I haven't seen you this worked up about sports in a long time. And I said, that's because nothing has mattered in a year. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, that's that's how it felt. It was like before game seven of a playoffs game is, is where my head was at. Um, as it's revealed, you know, I felt pretty good by the time they hit eight. You know, once we were in like Thunder territory and nobody had moved up, that felt good. Felt like, okay, things are going like they should. Even when they said six, I felt okay because I thought, okay, maybe five will also be the Thunder. So it wasn't until he pulled out the five envelope and it was very much not the Thunder that that reality set in. Um, I had a couple choice words, and once again, my wife said, I don't think I've seen you this worked up about sports in a while, and that's that's where we're at. It's not the worst outcome. They could have had seven, so it it quite literally could have been a little bit worse. However, it is second worst, probably, um, so mm-hmm. still, not, still not ideal. Um, I felt a, I took a little solace in the fact that Houston didn't get number one. I think that would have been that probably would have been worst outcome is if the Thunder don't get top five and Houston gets one, that would have been just like twisting the knife for me. Very much so. I was with Kamiar for the lottery tonight, but Kamiar, tell the people kind of how you were feeling leading up to uh, the envelopes being opened and then your overall uh, just feeling on, on how the night progressed. Honestly, I feel I, – I, it's been this way – since the beginning of all of this, I've been the most relaxed out of everybody on the podcast about what pick OKC is going to get and what picks they're going to get, I presume. And uh, I felt pretty fine. I, my, my only go-to was this. As long as OKC does not get pick seven, I feel comfortable because that still guarantees you Scotty Barnes, that still guarantees you maybe even Jonathan Kaminga, who people thought he was the second best prospect, like, I don't know, like three weeks ago. Uh, so I feel completely okay. It, it, was, it wasn't until, honestly, until they started to unveil maybe pick eight, right? Those, those picks where you could see OKC sliding into. Uh, it wasn't until then when my heart actually started to race to see where OKC would land, um, but I'm fine. I'm content. Um, Sam Presti is one of the better GMs in the league. Uh, they have three first-round selections. you got to imagine that Sam Presti, um, they knew the lottery system. The ball's already drawn before the whatever, whatever it already dropped, and uh, he's going to be making phone calls. I imagine he'll try to move up, maybe. I, I guess Sam Amico already posted something suggesting that the Cavs would be very aggressive in shopping their number three pick, which I thought that was interesting. But honestly, I feel pretty okay. Um, I trust Presty, uh, and that's about it for me. I thought it was interesting that, you know, Presty did that press conference before everything went down. At you know, you six, see a lot of GMs. <laughs> You see a lot of GMs jumping on, you know, once they have their pick. And all the typical prestiisms were present in that press conference. You know, he once again doubled down on this being a long process. He's it felt like he knew before everyone else did 
you know, prepping, prepping the Thunder fan base of this isn't a, we're not counting on this being like the magic eight ball. And then we're all going to make the playoffs from here on out. He, he reiterated that uh, it takes luck. And the way that you make your own luck is by creating multiple opportunities for yourself, which to me translates to, uh, oh no, we suck again. Uh, there's there's more tanking in the Thunder future because that's how you tilt the odds in your favor. Yeah, definitely. It was it was interesting that he went and did the press conference before the lottery. Um, my experience, kind of like Calmiars, we were together to watch it tonight. And things were going well. I was very anxious. Uh, heart was racing. I was excited. Um, the first, what, 14 through, I think, nine went exactly how you wanted it to. Um, yep. Nobody had jumped. Uh, eight, when the Thunder got to eight, or when we got to envelope eight, I was going to be okay if they pulled the Thunder there because that would have meant that uh, the Thunder were also getting five. They did not pull the thunder, so I said, ooh, this could get interesting. Then they didn't pull the thunder at seven, and Calmier and I started to get very – and I think I yelled at the TV whenever they said, grab envelope six, quote, don't you do it, you bastard. <laughs> and then he did it. And then, <laughs> and then he, did he did it. it. And then, Justin, like you said, waiting – to see them open up envelope number five. Uh, I was very hopeful um, and uh, obviously did not not go the way we wanted it. Not so much, nope. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, we are recording the show live on the the formerly known as the Locker Room, now known as the Spotify Green Room app. Um, So we want to get some people, some of our fans up here on stage to talk us through kind of what their experience was like uh, watching the lottery tonight, their feelings, and then how ultimately um, they felt when it was all done. So if any of you guys want to hop up and just give us a quick little 30, 45 second rundown of how you watched the lottery, how you were feeling, what you did, et cetera, please hit that request to speak button. We do have Xander asking to hop up. So let's get Xander in here real quick. Hey, how hey are Xander. You? Good. How are you, man? How you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Um, I think I think the biggest takeaway that us as Thunder fans need to have about this is that we haven't been in this situation to draft someone even as high as six in such a long time. And we have <clears throat> we have the ammo to be able to either move up or the trust in that Sam Presti will make the correct pick if we do eventually end up staying at six. So I think Thunder fans just need to stay hopeful that that uh, this isn't going to be this isn't a bad outcome. It could it could have been worse. We could have uh, we could have won more games that were close um, in the season and and ended up where uh, you know like at nine or ten or you know where the Kings are. So we um yeah I think we just we can't we can't be too dreadful about this situation. Xander, I like where your head's at. That's T. Yeah, look, I, look I agree Xander's with got you. the right mindset, y'all. Everybody I agree with you the most. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, and and like um like Justin said, like it's we have to take a mini win with the Rockets not um getting the first pick. I I audibly um shrieked 
when they got number two <laughs> out of just yes. just happiness. So I'm, you gotta love that as yeah, well. Yeah, where me and Jacob were, we were with we were at the Mule up up in Edmond, uh, Oklahoma. Mm. Once the Rockets were released as the second pick, everybody cheered far louder than <laughs> anything with OKC getting the sixth pick. So that was fun. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's the, good, it's the good pettiness news. is real. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Xander Xander, thanks for helping out, man. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, next up we have Marcus Kruger hopping up on stage. Marcus, how's it going, man? How was what was your, your lottery experience like tonight and, and your feelings? Well, the first thing I said afterwards was uh thanks, Kamiar, since he was the only since he was the one that <laughs> all the notes. You know, some of us try to keep it real around here. I don't know about the other Come, Hey, don't let this go to Kamiar's head. He's playing the odds. He put he took the most likely scenario and, and played it from there. Yeah. Well, I I still blame him, but it's okay. <laughs> like six could be, you know, six could have been seven, and I think with at least six, you have a you you know who you're gonna pick. Uh, with seven, it's like okay, well, there's thirty, there's a uh, thirty prospects that you could potentially pick at seven because n- no one has a clear idea after seven, after six where, yeah. how this draft is gonna go. I think that's so, a good point. That, it's definitely, definitely a bit of a a gap. You know, it feels like there's a gap after one, there's a gap after four, and then there's probably another gap after six. No, oh, the gap after six is not a gap. It's the Grand Freaking Canyon. <laughs> this is true. So, uh, last thing I'll last thing I'll say before I hop down uh, is I already checked. NBA trade machine, Kevin Love for Kemba Walker works. So we can just go all the, I already got it planned out. We'll just give them Kemba. They'll give us Kevin Love. We'll sit on his contract for two years. We'll give him 16 and eight. We'll give him six and 18 and we'll move up to three. So it's all been, it's all been figured out. It's done. We're done. I love it. (laughs) Presty, just, just log into the Spotify green room app. Listen to the uncontested show. We've got you covered, bro. We've got it. Marcus, thanks so much, man. Uh, we have a few more here. Trey Harris wants to jump up on stage. Trey, how's it going, man? What was your, your lottery experience tonight like, and how do you feel? At first, as eight got called, you know, as uh, I think it was Kamiar that said it, I was like, okay, well, we could be here, so you know, please not us. Eight, seven, we get called at six. Um, words I'm not going to say on here were said. <laughs> then we go to uh, five uh, like you guys said hoping it was us wasn't go to the commercial break I'm on the verge of tears um, they come back from commercial you know they have the top four um, on the Suns pregame and I'm still in denial I'm like you know hey you know maybe maybe you know we are in the top four and I don't know about it yet maybe there's something <laughs> oh, of course not um, as three gets called I'm like okay and I had never rooted for the Detroit Pistons like this ever in my entire life. Uh, Houston gets called, and I screamed yes as if we had just got one and five. But uh, that <laughs> yeah. as I finished uh, working through the stages of grief, I realized that, um, you know, I'm pretty certain. Well, first of all, like you guys said, like, six is a lot better than seven and eight. Uh, but I realized that, and I'm pretty confident that, 16 and 18 is probably not where we're going to be picking come draft night. So um, there was already a report that we're going to be aggressive and looking for three. 
So um, just keep in mind that we just have a lot of assets, young players in cap space to make a lot of trades work. And I'm really just hoping for, you know, Sam Presti to do something. I mean, I like Scotty Barnes. I really do. But, I mean, that, that top five is obviously very enticing. So, you know, we just have to see how things play out. And, you know, like Sam said, like, we're not trying to make the 2022 playoffs. Like, we're probably going to be in this position next year trying to hope for the lottery ball to fall in our favorite game. So, um, you know, of course it's upsetting. But, you know, just, you just got to keep in mind the position we're in and, who we have in the front office and what our assets are like. Totally agree, Trey. Hey, thanks, man. Thanks for hopping up. We appreciate you. Uh, now up on the stage, fan of the pod, Nick Crane. Hey, guys. Hey. Actually, my, my first time listening, but so far. I... <laughs> hey, we'll get you some Johnny's Charcoal Broiler, all right? <laughs> Love it. Can I get a T-shirt while I'm out? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. Nick, um, so we know you are busy doing a whole bunch of stuff for Slam and Forbes and every other GD thing that you write for right now. But Humble just brag. give us your thought. Just give us your thoughts on uh, first off, like, did you just watch the lottery at home? Uh, what What was your anxiety levels like, and and how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, did watch it at home. Living here in Dallas, uh, I don't have five different Thunder watch parties to go to, so I had a. <laughs> Had a little party of my own. Um, anxiety levels weren't weren't super high. I don't think I had high expectations for the lottery. I, I think maybe the pessimist uh, in me that's rubbed off from spending time with Kamiar. Um, <laughs> that's I kind, right. I, I kind of expected <laughs> what happened would happen, and, and if anything better happened, it was just kind of icing on the cake. Um, one one takeaway just on Thunder Twitter is I think things got dismal pretty quick. Uh, I would I would err against that. I think like you guys mentioned, I think Marcus and and Justin just talked about this, and I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, getting pick seven would have been worlds worse. Like that is that's a can of worms that I wouldn't want to jump into. Uh, I think there is a clear six, and it does you know the tiering ends with one, ends again with four, and then you got that five and six is tier three. Um, I think it's pretty clear that one of Kuminga and Barnes, and I'm sure you guys have talked about this, um, are future members of the Thunder. Um, looking like, you know, kind of that jumbo wing forward is the type of guy that they'll be adding to their core. Uh, there's a bunch of guys at 16 and 18 that could be really, really good prospects, but, and I'm sure, very sure you guys have talked about this, Woj indicated that Several teams in that top five would be interested in trading out for win now type players. I don't think the Thunder have a bunch of those types of guys, um, yeah. but maybe maybe you know a team like um, I don't know the Cavs or the who knows are interested in cheaper guys at like sixteen and eighteen that could help. You know Duarte's of the world and some of these. Older guys, um, maybe they would prefer. The, not saying you'd trade at sixteen and eighteen for a top five pick, but but that could be a a good starter package alongside some type of player. So, lock and change overall. My thoughts were, you know, this is about on par, and it's still exciting for the future of the franchise. Awesome. I think that's, yeah, I agree. I think that's good perspective. Of, you know, I, I think we talked about it earlier too that the Thunder haven't been in this position in a long time. Uh, you know, regardless of what happens, the talent level of the player that should get added to the Thunder is extremely high. 
Yeah, for sure. And and uh, who was the first person to hop up on stage? I can't remember uh, off the top. Xander, I think, Xander. who said, yep. um, you know, the Thunder haven't been this high in the draft in a very, very long time. And so something to be excited about. And we've talked a lot about it, but they, Justin, you and I talked about it extensively whenever we recorded that Al Horford emergency trade podcast. Yeah. The Thunder are now armed with five picks in the top 36 of this draft. I don't see them taking in five rookies. No. Uh, so no. there is a, a great chance that we're going to see some trades uh, and different things materialize. Uh, so we'll get into the, the idea of trades here in a moment. Um, but right now, Let's transition to strictly just talking about pick number six. Uh, I think we're all on the same page here thinking pick six, if the Thunder stay at that position, uh, the, the odds on bet is Scotty Barnes. Is, is there any disagreement between those of us uh, here on the pod right now that number six would not be Scotty Barnes? Based on some recent mocks, some people have him at three or four now. Right. I, that That's what I was going to say is, you know, barring something crazy happening and someone, you know, kind of free falling out of the established top five. I think the only way it changes is if somehow Scotty Barnes continues to rise, in which case, you know, honestly, I'm probably not mad about that because that means somebody in the top five is falling to the thunder anyway. So if Scotty Barnes does, you know, keep rising and gets taken at three, then as a Thunder fan, I'm I'm probably still okay with that. I mean, like, yeah, like we talked about it earlier, and people thought it was Cade Cunningham. Definitely has been the number one de facto number one pick since the, the NBA season began, right? Uh, and then for a while, people talked about Jonathan Kaminga as if he was the yeah. second best player. Now he's the fifth best, and like you've seen, like through the combine that's going on right now, how how long some of these guys are in their wingspan. It's incredible. Like Jacob, you mentioned Moses Moody earlier today. Uh, what is he like six, four, six, six, and has a seven foot one in wingspan, which is, is like ridiculous. And so through the combine, through the, these games that they're going to play uh, just all that stuff, I expect more movement. So yes, right mm-hmm. now we're saying Scotty Barnes and I like Scotty Barnes. I mean, the guy reminds me of like a hyper athletic, smooth, like athleticism, motion movement, Jeremy Grant. Um, and like, and that's like in his second year and third year, not necessarily his first year in OKC. And I, I like that his hips are so fast and smooth. But by the time mm. OKC ends up selecting somebody near darn near August, it could be Kaminga falling down to OKC. So like there things are going to shift and change so many times over so many mocks over the next three weeks because of not just guys preferring their own guys, but just the measurements, measurements, the movements, the the games that these guys are going to play. I'm curious to see how it all shakes out once July 29th gets here. Definitely. Kamir, you were mentioning uh, Scotty Barnes' measurements. Uh, according to Jonathan Wasserman, uh, well, he tweeted it out. Uh, you can also find this information on the NBA.com website uh, under draft measurables. But Scotty today measured six foot seven in socks, uh, nearly a seven foot three wingspan. He's uh, 225 and a half pounds, 5.5% body fat, which is just insane every sounds e- sounds just like my measurements except for the body fat <laughs> and you know he's gonna put on, on 
and you know he's going to put on muscle. So I'm he's very 19, man. What kind of athlete he looks yeah. like. Yeah, it, it's wild. He can still grow. So let me ask you guys this then. Who do you prefer at six if you had the option? Scotty Barnes or Jonathan Kaminga? Mm. I say, ooh, I say Scotty Barnes because of his passing ability um, and how much court vision he does have. Um, Jonathan Kaminga is a scorer. Don't get me wrong. The guy has like incredible upside, just like Scotty Barnes. They both kind of play similar positions, but totally different roles. I like the flashiness and I like the court awareness and ball movement of Scotty Barnes. I think that would be really, really good for OKC, especially with the, the offensive and defensive philosophy they have going forward with Coach Mark. I still think I prefer um, Kuminga at six if he's there. I mean, I, I don't think there's any world between the two. It's going to be one of those whoever's left, you take them. But if you did have the choice, I still think I'm Kuminga over Barnes. Yeah, I think I'm with you, Nick. I think it, I I do think it's close. Uh, I Same. think I lean Kaminga as well, uh, just because of <laughs> because he can shoot. We have a comment in the chat from Darian. Whichever one can shoot, um, <laughs> the Thunder seem to prioritize that. You know, if this was the Thunder of five years ago, I think it's Scotty Barnes is 100 percent who they take in that scenario. I think the profile has. Uh, changed a little bit and i i i feel like Kamingo would be the pick yeah it's interesting uh i i'm not sure if Kaminga can really shoot it great either i mean he did not in the in the g league bubble at all obviously better by uh, both what was he 30 percent and the g league yeah it wasn't we'll good it, it up, wasn't good i want to i want to say his from three he was like 28 maybe uh but scotty mm-hmm. obviously not great either I, I think I'm already on record on the podcast saying this. Maybe it might just be in our group chat. I can't remember. But again, Scotty Barnes, 5% body fat, 225 pounds at 19 years old. I say you draft him in two years. He's put on, maybe he's got a little more body fat, but he's up to 240. And you're just playing him at center. <laughs> yes. Like, is. I mean, I, I'm looking ser- at. I'm looking seriously, at, is, okay, is that. Is that a super hot take to play him at center? Like a, a seven, two and a half wingspan, 240 pound, uh, hyper athletic Scotty Barnes. Like what centers in the NBA will physically dominate him on the block besides well, Embiid and Jokic? I'm looking at KOC's mock draft board right now. And one of the, uh, you know, comparisons that he has for Scotty Barnes is Draymond Green. And I, I think that's exactly the type of, role that you could play him in it's an unconventional size maybe but i think you've seen similarly to the type of success draymond's had where his strength is there that it the height doesn't matter as much especially with like you mentioned the wingspan exactly it's worth noting too for for a team like the thunder um obviously you know this is looking longer term if you've truly got you know a six 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 seven point guard a seven-foot wing in Pokashevsky, like you're building a big team, that's the perfect scenario to roll out. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, again, like I think people would instantly say, oh, he's too short, he's too small. He's going to get bullied by Joel Embiid. 
I mean, how often do Joel and Jokic like actually go in the post? Number one, I mean, it's fairly frequent, but you're playing Joel and B two times a year unless you see him in the finals. Like, it's not cool. that big of an issue. And about, the, the matchup on the other end. out of bio. That's a great comparison, Nick. Kamiar, actually, last night he and I were texting about Scotty. Uh, he said he sees a lot of Jeremy Grant in him, almost like a jumbo sized Jeremy Grant. Thunder played Jeremy Grant at center, and it worked out pretty damn good. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. It's and a, it's a Barnes, changing like, league, and I think you. No, you know, what I, what I like about him is not necessarily his his size. His size profile is like incredible. It's great. It's a guy that you would draft in the top ten, right? It's the high IQ on the court awareness that I'm getting at that I love about him that Kaminga I don't think possesses right now, but it's it's that high IQ knowing where to pass the ball and having really flashy like ability to do so uh i think that's why he gets the draymond comp but i think he could do so much more and i if you guys have not already those of you who are in the chat here on the spotify green room app uh those of you listening to the podcast version of this uh even my co-host mike schmitz of espn did a video breakdown with scotty barnes that is on youtube i would highly suggest that you go and watch that um, I'm, I might bleep this for the actual uh, podcast version, but I've been talking about this a lot. Scotty Barnes is just a motherfucker, man. Like he talks <laughs> so much trash. He gets in guys' faces. He dunks the ball and looks at the opposing bench and flexes. 
He's talking and yelling all game. Like as much as I hate when Draymond does it, Scotty has a lot of that. And I like, he is the type of guy that's like an emotional leader of a team. Like he's going to be the one getting in guys' asses and yelling and screaming and lighting up the team and lighting up the crowd. Uh, I, I mean, he's a very, very high energy kind of guy. One, one comment I'll make, and this is probably a bit of a stretch, but I still think it's something. Um, if he were to be drafted by the Thunder, he'd obviously be playing um, a pretty big role next to Shea, who's kind of a jumbo point guard. Um, you guys may have already said this. He also played high school with Cade Cunningham, and he was uh-huh. he was literally like 1B to Cunningham being 1A, and he, he looked great next to a jumbo point so that, that high school team, Nick, was Cade Cunningham, Scotty and Moses. Barnes, and Moses freaking Moody, yep. which is just <laughs> absurd, man. Best high school team ever, maybe. Like, right. Hey, speaking of Moses Moody, I don't know if we've mentioned it on the pod. He, uh, he measured 6'6 six, six, uh, without shoes today with a 7'1 wingspan. He is going Jeez. to – he's going to go top, top 10. I'm, I'm pretty confident in that. Um, okay, it looks like we have Marcus Kruger wants to hop up back on stage with some thoughts, uh, possibly uh, about Scotty Barnes. Marcus, what's up, man? Yeah, so one thing I wanted to mention is that look at the lineage of wings that are coming out of Florida State right now under Leonard Hamilton. And Scotty Brown, Scotty Barnes uh, fits that mold. Jonathan Isaacs, Patrick Williams, yeah, man. He has a, I, a, a history of producing uh, solid small forward, power forward you know, wing players that do really well. No, for sure. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's a great point, you know, and uh, I actually have thought about a, uh, um, well, why am I forgetting the kid's name that he just mentioned from last draft, Patrick Williams. Uh, I think there's some comparisons between he and Scotty as well. Uh, so call me our Justin, let's take a swing through the comment section real quick. See some of these questions and comments people have. And then before we get off of here, I want to talk about possible draft night or leading up to the draft trades for the Oklahoma City Thunder as well. Uh, but So let's take a spin through some of these comments real quick. I know people have been very active in here. Um, Blaine said, Kemba, Caleb swap with picks six and three. Uh, well, we're going to get into trades. What do you guys think about that? I don't know if they... I don't know if they want Kimba. If they do, they can have him. Um, I think that's the toughest part looking at the Cavs. So there, there's a lot of questions in the chat about the Cavs trade. Um, was it Sam Amico? Um, yeah, it was Sam Amico. Amico. I'm pulling a Taylor. Sam Amico <laughs> uh, <laughs> reporting that the Cavaliers are – going to look to be aggressive in trading their pick, hoping to bring back and quote from his article, young all-star level talent. I don't know if that says Kimbo to me. Right. And I don't, that says Shea Gilgis Alexander. That's what I was going to say. I don't know that there's anyone realistic on the thunder that they would be willing to trade that fits that scenario to strike a deal with the Cavs. Now, is there are there three team deals available there with us Thunder yeah. send out three or four picks? The Cavs get the young possible star and the Thunder get pick three? There's a chance. I also think, and this may be jumping the gun a little bit from talking about uh, trades here in a moment, but Calmier and I were talking about this earlier. 
let's say Evan Mobley does go number two to the Houston Rockets and the Cleveland Cavaliers are sitting there at three and very clearly the two best prospects are two guards. Cleveland already has two young guards, right? Do, do they take a third or do they look to slide back in the draft a little bit? Um, there's some interesting options there for sure. Uh, Elijah Dwyer says, do I change uh, my profile picture from Cade to Davion Mitchell, Kamiar? Uh, no, we were actually talking about how old Davion Mitchell was, and we were both surprised. He's he's 22. Uh, of course, he'll turn 23 in September, so effectively for the NBA season, he'll be 23. And he's a guy that, man, he's a guy that I feel like is going to slide back near the end of the lottery because a lot of teams that are in the lottery are trying not to get guys that are older than 21. And so I'm curious to see if Davion Mitchell does slide and how far he would, because a lot of these teams in the top six, seven, they don't want a 23 year old point guard. They want somebody that's like 20, 19 that they can mold like Cade Cunningham yep. or, I mean, Pokashevsky is younger than half the people in this draft, which is incredible in its own. So no. Okay. Okay. See, we'll be drafting some sort of wing slash big, which I thought they needed to for Shea anyways. Very good. Sam says, do you think Houston will do something wild and take a reach for somebody at pick number two, Justin? No, I don't. I don't think they'll. Honestly, any of their options at two, I think, are good options. We've talked about kind of the established tiers of the draft. I don't know if they want Mobley, but uh, I think it would be hard to screw up that pick. If you're Houston, I don't see them doing something weird and picking somebody else. Very true. Here's a, so we're kind of going to mix the, the trade talk, the trading picks into asking some of these questions. Cause I think a lot of the questions in the chat are related to trades. Uh, so here's one for both of you. Okay. Would you trade pick number six? And all the stuff that Houston owes you from the Rust deal back to Houston for pick number two. Remind me of what all that stuff is. <laughs> it's uh, it, it would be two more for, uh, top four protected first round picks and one more pick swap that I think is top 10 protected. So you just basically give Houston back the two picks and the swap that they owed us from the rush trade uh, and pick number six to get pick number two. Would you guys do it? Oh, man. I don't think I'd do it. You know, that's actually really, really tough. If they were unprotected picks, I would say hell no. That's correct. Right. Right. Because they're top four. You know what? Yeah, that's that's tough. I, I, I still don't think I'd do it. I because I <laughs> know because I know OKC gets at least six, sixteen, and eighteen. And heck, if you look at all the other drafts, yeah, is there a bona is there a bona fide superstar in the top three or five of every draft? No. And you look at how good of players came out six through fifteen. In the last 10 years, you're seeing a lot of really fantastic players being drafted 6 through 15. And if I'm OKC 
and I'm a fan of of the Thunder, I trust Presti to go get those dudes because OKC's been consistently been drafting in the late 20s if they have a draft pick because of how good they've been. And really, I mean, he doesn't miss that often when he's selecting that high. I mean, campaign eventually came around, I guess, right? (laughs) Right. Yeah, I think think that's similar logic I was using in that, you know, we've talked about it before. Do you want one shot at number one or do you want more bites at the apple? And that's what this, that hypothetical trade kind of feels like to me of, do you want to give up that many future opportunities for number two? I mean, I guess, again, going back to the theme of trusting Presty, if he made that deal, I would take that to mean, you know, he feels very, 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 very strongly about Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley or Jalen Green right. or whoever he takes there. I would take that as a pretty strong indicator. But outside of that, I think you you play the odds and try to get try to get more bites at the apple. So that's yeah, those are great points. But also remember, there's no way he can make all of those selections. At some point you're consolidating, right? For sure. Yep. Do you think that are you actually expecting OKC to draft 16 and 18, or are you expecting OKC to package those to do something else right now? That. I, I, if you made me bet right now, they are not picking 6, 16, and 18 on draft night. I don't Is think they are. Is that a move up into the top five? Maybe. Is it t- make, taking pick six and then trading 16, 18, and something to get up to uh, like a pick 10? Um, I could definitely see that as well. Uh, I do not think they are making three first round selections, much less five first round se- or five selections in the top 36. I just don't see it happening. I just feel like OKC is going to end up getting two lottery picks, and that like I think there's I think o- Sam Presti is fine with pick six because of the way he came out today and suggested it. Of course, he probably already seen the lottery, so who knows? He but, he knew it. That's why the press conference was at six. Right, <laughs> but but anyways, like. You, let's say you package eighteen. Let's 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 say you package eighteen and sixteen, and maybe even the early thirty ones too, and you get down to thirteen. Are you okay with the draft in which you possibly select Scotty Barnes and like somebody like James Booknight? Yeah, or Josh Giddy. Yes. Get you another six eight two twenty guy. Yeah, exactly. So, that's, so like I'm. Yep. Com- that's why I'm so fine with what happened already knowing that Sam Presti is a GM like that and is not like like Vlade Divac who got forced out because <laughs> he was an idiot. Very true. Um, all right, Silver in the chat asks, after tonight, does this mean we are back to the same position in 2022? I, we actually talked about this yes. on the drive home, Jake. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, you – Unless something drastic happens, an injury or a massive trade, um, I think it was proven to us this year, Shea's too good. You are not getting the fifth best lottery odds unless something drastic happens. Shea's just too good. You're going you're gonna to win more games because I think next year, Shea Gildas-Alexander is an all-star. Hell, I think it was Sam Vecini was talking about Shea either in an article or in a podcast recently and said, you already have an all-NBA-level player in Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. Mm-hmm. Like, that, I, you're, not, you're not getting bottom four odds with that. And pause, what, what 
number selection was Shea in the NBA draft? Number, was he 12? Exactly. That's why OKC should stay at six and package 16 and 18 and something else. I like it. <laughs> there's so much There's so much value there that, like, most NBA players, like generational players like Cade Cunningham that we think is going to be a generational player, they're going to go at one or two if you're the – if you are uh, the people that selected Greg Oden. Good job, Portland. Um, <laughs> either, sometimes it's called can't miss for a reason. But a lot of these great – like, you look at the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker was in the teens. And the only and the only person, of course, you have Aiton, who's just now emerging, and Chris Paul. But for the most part, their team is honestly what a superstar in Devin Booker, an aging star in Chris Paul that you could trade for, and then guys that were, of course, Aiton, but other guys that were just good into above average NBA players, and they're doing just fine. Like I think OKC already has their star. I'm cool with what they go with next. I mean, the last time OKC drafted that high, was it Steven Adams at 12? Yeah, I think that's right. right. But so that, I mean, that's a pretty good, you'd take a Steven Adams at 12, but you have to, I think it'd be unfair if you didn't caveat that with, you know, what came shortly before that, where they took Cole Aldrich at 11. Right. So Uh it's not, the, the players are there. The gyms are there. You can find them. I think it's just it's harder to find them. It's not as much of a, not a, not even a sure thing, but like the, the probabilities are not as high. Uh, I think Sam Presti has shown a pretty solid track record of evaluating talent, but who knows? Who knows? Not just evaluating talent, but also progressing on talent for the, the team in general. I mean, that's why, like you get Shea, and I've been I've been outspoken on this. I wanted Kaminga for the longest time. Actually, I was surprised that you guys were all Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green because you've already got your guard. You've already got a Lou Dort that can be a defensive combo guard if he if he worked on his handles a little bit. Shea needs a wing, a big wing. That's like the next level of the team being good. You need a good defensive wing that can also maybe jump out the gym, and if he can step out to make threes, even better. And I feel like OKC, if they were to get either Kuminga or Scotty Barnes, is that's who I've been targeting, I would have felt fantastic regardless. Hmm. I think the thing, you know, back to the question about will the Thunder tank next year, I agree with you guys of looking at what we saw from the team this year how many games they won prior to, you know, shutting down a a third of the roster. Uh, It's tough. It's tough to look at adding a piece to that group and seeing them be in a similar situation next year with, you know, fourth best odds. I don't know if that's possible. I think what I'm having a hard time like reconciling is Sam Presti's comments from before the lottery tonight, where once again, it, feels like he's trying to tell everybody what his goal is. You know, he had a quote, the longer you want to be good, the more patience it requires. I I don't know how else to read that other than, you know, he's looking at, he's looking at the long-term situation. Uh, It's not a one year tank and we're good. It's a, it's a longer process than that. I don't know how they get there. I don't know what, 
his plan is for next season. But I can't imagine that this is the last time we're talking about Oklahoma City in the lottery. Could it? I mean, he's so cryptic. And of course, it can mean exactly that. Or people could take it the way in which a lot of people we have said, oh, Oklahoma City is definitely not drafting five rookies. And instead of, you know, packaging picks and going and getting somebody like a Ben Simmons, who's the re- recently the NBA has said is just now god awful, or other <laughs> players that are in a, in a contract year, instead of taking those picks and packaging them and trying to go get an established guy, I think to me it says either that or it says what you're saying, Justin, in which, yo, don't expect to be good too fast. Yeah. Uh, let's hit a few more of these questions in the chat. Uh, first, uh, an anecdote from Carrie Cicero says, could have been worse. I had an AirPod in playing at second base during my softball game. My team saw my disappointment, <laughs> but I believe Presti can work his magic. I love it. <laughs> Priorities. Uh, Dan Fowler says, it would be lovely if we could keep six and trade a whole bunch of other future picks to get in the top five. And we get three and six. Uh, and then he puts the laughing emoji and says, wishful thinking. Is there any, do you guys foresee any way outside of pick number six or Shea that the Thunder get into the top five? No. There's, there's got to be no, right? Yeah. I, unless the Cavs get super dumb and, and take on Kimba, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how you come to a deal there. I agree. You could maybe you uh, could maybe get in the top twelve if you offered up a Dort. It, how yeah. much movement? How much movement do you think you could get off of Bays right now? Very uh, little. You would have to give them a second round pick and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> I'm not very high on Bays. Chris Parrish asks: Any scenario that you can think of where Presky would trade back, even just a pick or two? Hmm. Not with six. I don't think. Yeah, I agree. Now with six. Similar to if our it, discussion earlier, it feels like there's a there's a drop off there that I don't I don't see him going back there. Maybe, maybe later in the draft, you know, if they're sitting at sixteen and eighteen, and they, you know, Presty as he's done before has his eye on somebody, and it feels like he'd be there later. Maybe he uses that as leverage to get a future asset. Very good. So Trey, who was on stage earlier, asks, Porzingis, 16 and or 18 to Cleveland, three to OKC, Kemba, and a second to Dallas. I like it. I don't know. I'm trying to decide who says no in that scenario. I feel feel like we're not placing enough emphasis on – a top four or five pick in this draft. And I feel like Cleveland will want something substantial, like more than what a Porzingis is or more than what a Kimball Walker is. Cleveland is hunting for stars now to pair with like, Darius Garland, if they want to be aggressive in shopping Sexton and that third pick, 
you got to imagine they're going to want an established player right now. And, yeah. I, and, and not just an established player, but a young, going to be very good player and not somebody like Kemba or Porzingis. Yeah. Now, if it was Porzingis and six to Cleveland, three to OKC, Kemba plus 16, 18 to Dallas or something like that, that would make a little bit of sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. Dallas gets picks and a guy that they can plug in right away to help Luka. Um, Porzingis, I think, would be an interesting fit in Cleveland. Cleveland also retains pick number six. The Thunder get out of all of it, trade their three first-rounders and Kemba to get pick three. I could see something like that making a little bit of sense. So that's an interesting one, Trey. I like that a lot. Um, Any other ones? I'm scrolling through here. Uh, Silver asks, any worry that Shea may want to leave the team since they are not bad but not great? We'll see once he gets his rookie max extension how he feels about that. Yeah, my man is about to make out like a bandit with how much money the Thunder are about to throw his way. I liked the long pause after you said make out. I was curious yeah, I to see where that he's was just, going. He's just, he's just going to make out. I mean, but it's, <laughs> it's a good question because Shea yeah. is, you know, of course, he's from Canada, but he goes and spends that year in Los Angeles. And the man goes from Canada to Los Angeles to now Oklahoma City. And, like, the talking heads, they like, on TV, they can say, like, for TV's ratings' sake, they don't want to see small market teams. And that's not necessarily the case. But, man, it feels like keeping Shea happy is, of course, like, number one for this team. And... If the team doesn't become something of a playoff caliber team within the next two years, despite the fact that he's 22, doesn't mean much because he is probably going to want to compete soon at a high level and not have to like think about has Pokashevsky like put on 20 pounds yet? Is Lou going to get any better? Is he going to you know ever win a ring? And it's after you see a guy like Trey Young doing it this year, I mean it's a legit. It's a legit conversation, I feel like. All right. Well, guys, that is all the stuff we have in the chat, I believe. Um, any other thoughts from Kamiar or Justin uh, as we're approaching an hour for our live lottery reaction pod? Any uh, last-minute thoughts, ideas, opinions, uh, feelings you want to get off your chest before we log off of here? I'm fine with Jonathan Kaminga or Scotty <laughs> Barnes, and this is just the beginning. I'm sure you will hear about Presti from Woj more than once on draft night. Every time Kamiar says, I'm fine, even though I know he truly means it, it sounds like somebody who's trying to convince themselves that they're fine. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine with Jonathan Kaminga. Uh, no, I believe you though. I, you know, my parting thought is that like we mentioned earlier in this podcast, Alexei Pokashevsky would be what, what is it? The fifth youngest player in this draft class. I think if he, you know, had gotten the attention that he got this year with the thunder, say he does that overseas 
I think he's a consensus lottery pick coming into this draft. So if you want to put on some sunshine uh, or some rose-colored glasses, that's your rose-colored glasses. The Thunder are getting two lottery picks because they have Alexei Pokashevsky, who is young and has tons of upside and would be a lottery-caliber pick in this year's draft. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We will, we will wait and see Thunder fans. Uh, don't fret. Don't be worried because we know that Sam Presti is one of the most aggressive GMs in the league. Uh, there is still much yet to come. That's going to do it for us. We will be back again Wednesday night after I record a special episode uh, with a draft guest who's going to come on and break down all the Thunder's options at 6, 16, 18. Uh, talk about some players. It's going to be a great time. So make sure wherever you subscribe to your podcasts, you are subscribed to the Uncontested. That way you can get that right as it drops. This one will go live on our feed as soon as we conclude here today. If you have not yet signed up to be part of the Spotify Green Room app, uh, we would encourage you to do so. Come join these shows live with us and hang out. Thank you to everyone who joined us tonight, got your questions, got up on stage. And we will be back with you, like I said, again, Wednesday night after we record a special edition podcast. We'll do a Friday locker room hangout. And then as normal, our Sunday 9 p.m. Central Time live stream on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. So we will see you guys then. Until then, and as always, thunder up. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.